Hey guys, it's your host, Seth Goldstein, with Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. And I have a very juicy, important announcement. Ever wonder how cool and refreshing it would be to hear your own voice on iTunes? Your podcast made at a touch of a button? If you haven't heard about Anchor, you are totally missing out. It's the most easiest way to make a podcast super practical, and best part of all, it's free. It even has creation tools that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone on the go or computer in the comfort of your own home, guys. What's even better, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with minimum listenership. It's really that easy. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. What are you waiting for? Download your free Anchor app or simply go to anchor.fm to get started. Until next time, thank you. Goodbye. Hey guys, it's your host, Goatstein, with another Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. This evening's episode will be one for the times. It'll Drop your socks off, blow your mind. You'll want to really wrap your head around this, and you will not be able to. My next guest, that's right, you heard it right. I'm not solo today. I got a guest in the house, and he's a, an acclaimed filmmaker who was a homeless, the first nation's first homeless filmmaker. Get this to uh, showcase um, a documentary. He's a documentary filmer, a filmmaker on in South Carolina and once in California. Guys, this guy has a challenge for a mayor, the mayor of Washington, Mike again, the 24-hour uh, challenge. I really want to know what that's about. I don't know about you guys, but anyway, with no further ado, let's give it up for Eric Protein Mosley. How's it going, Eric? How are you? Good. Yeah, Chef, thank you for having me on, man. And um, I understand that you were a limo <laughs> That's driver. Correct. Is that That's correct? That's what the whole show's about. You got the story. I know you have a juicy story, don't you? Oh, man. I, I do, man. Let me tell you something about limos, man. Uh, when I, um, me and my daughter was on a couple of nationwide shows out here in Los Angeles, California. And um, I don't fly. So when I got on the show, they sent me a limo to the Greyhound bus station. And from there, I had to go get, like, one of my teeth um, filled because I had, like, a missing tooth. So when I got to the dentist and um, I was getting ready to leave, they sent me another limo. And then from that there, they sent me up to Beverly Hills, and I stayed in a hotel overnight. And then in the next morning, Seth, they sent me another limo. So that was the third limo. And then after we did the show, um, they sent me right back down to the Greyhound bus station. So I had four limos in one day with four is, different drivers. That's fair to say you belong in the Guinness Book of Records for writing in most limos in one day, my man, and different ones at that. Fantastic. Yeah, and one that's, day. that's unheard of, honestly. But guess what? They're gonna, that's crazy. They're gonna de- well, what were they like? What were the drivers they're, like? They're going to de- um, they was four different drivers, so they were all different, you know, all had different characters and stuff. And they were, um, you know, they had been around yeah. a whole bunch of celebrities and things of that nature. So I was able to, you know, have a good conversation with them. But to make a long story short on that, what they're doing now is with Uber, they yeah. cut out all the limos. So I've just been dethroned 
from being, that's, you know, the that's king what of I hear. Memos, a lot man. of my, a lot of my comrades and people that I, that I, you know, work with and, uh, you know, uh, alongside are telling me just that, that the limo uh, industry has unfortunately fallen for now. They're on, they're on a real bad times right now, especially also too with the COVID. So a lot of the Hollyweird, um, you know, uh, magic right now has, has dwindled down because of COVID. They're not able to, they're barely starting to try to uh, get back up, you know. So, hey, man, I'm, I'm curious as well as a lot, I'm sure a lot of listeners, protein, brother, protein. Why protein? Tell me. And where do you come from? Why don't you, why don't you fill us in? I'm glad you, I'm glad you asked me that. I grew up on the hardcore streets of Detroit, Michigan, on Grand River and Whitney. I went to the same school. Yeah, I went to the same school as the, the as the Pistons. Uh, no, not the Pistons. Of uh, 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 not the, not the Pistons. I went to the same school as the Temptations, Smokey Robinson, Diana wow. Ross, the Miracles, and all wow. of them. So. My God, that that is uh, that is beautiful, man. I love I love that kind of stuff, man. I love Motown, brother. I love it. It's fantastic music. It gets me through the day. Right. Wow. Did you go? Did you did you like go with any of them per se, or you just went to the school, but not with anyone famous? Um, actually, well, no, they were actually they were a little bit. Well, they were a lot older than me, but I, I went there at the same time that uh, I think Ray Parker Jr. The one that made Ghostbusters, he graduated like the, a year before I, um, you know, I got there. And um, just to just to iterate on, on the question that you asked me about protein, the reason why they call me protein is because protein is something that everyone in the world needs. If you look on potato chip bags, if you look on sodas, everything has protein. Even if they put zero grams on there, they still put the protein up there. So it's something I love everybody it. It's needs. fantastic. And now let's jump right into the meat of the subject matter here. Um, you're a filmmaker. You were also out on the streets. Who better than a person that lived out in the streets, that lived out in missions, that lived out in tents and, and, and out in down hard times? You know, who better than that person to tell the story? And, you know, congratulations, man, on, 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 you know, tell us a little bit about I am down but not out. Where does that come from? Where does that idea stem from? Where do you decide to be a filmmaker? When? When does it all come together? Tell us. Well, Down But Not Out was a documentary that I did in uh, yeah. South Carolina. Well, actually, I, um, I teamed up with uh, ETV of South Carolina and they actually, what had happened was they seen a documentary that I did downtown here on Skid Row, like maybe like a block from where I'm standing from. And I showed them that footage. And so they decided that they wanted to do a whole documentary on me. And so um, I was the star of it. And then I also got a production credit on it. So what it was doing, it was going around South Carolina and talking with the homeless people on the streets. And I was living in the shelter at that time. And my main thing was, is I was identifying with the three classes of homelessness, which is upper, middle, and lower class. Now, Seth, most people think that when you talk about a homeless person, that it's just a bum, that it's just a lower class individual. But again, there's three different classes. So the upper class homeless individual is an individual here. She tries to take care of their hygiene that are trying to make it back into the mainstream society and the lower class is the individual that's walking around on the streets doesn't care about his or her hygiene or probably out here doing drugs and things of that nature and doesn't care about anything about except you know living the lifestyle that they're living now the ones in the middle right. they're just caught in the middle they might try to make it up and um 
the first class or if they just fall into, you know, the third class. But there's three different classes. So if I told you I was bringing a homeless person over your house, you would automatically think it would be a dirty, nasty individual that's pushing a buggy and things of that nature. Yeah, right. And so so uh, the misconception of, of, of a homeless people, there are those there are those that have mental health issues and, and there's quite a bit of them out there. But there's also just people that fell kind of, you know, on hard times. Correct. And, the, you know, it's just like trying to make it out there like everyone else. Right. So, I mean, most people think that it's just everybody, you know, made some bad decisions and got on drugs and things of that nature. But it is a lot of people out on the streets like that. But then you have people that, you know, suffer through natural right, catastrophes, right. Um, you know, like uh, like especially out here in California, getting your house burnt down or being in Louisiana in a, in a, in a hurricane wow. or a flood or just, you know, just losing your job. So everybody that's out on the street isn't actually right. just a Right, bump. absolutely. And, and and nowadays, I mean, as a matter of fact, I think most people that, that work, you know, from, from paycheck to paycheck, if something were to happen, God forbid, they could wind up on the street. I mean, you see the amount of people out there now. It's like never before. Holy crap, there's too many people out on the street. And and you don't, you know, we have our, almost our hands tied uh, as to, as to, how to ha handle this this type of situation, if you will? How do we address it? You know, how does the mayor address it? I don't know. There's been talks about here in Los Angeles specifically about trying to fix the situation. But I know. I mean, do you have any ideas of how that can happen? Okay, so I'm glad you asked me that. So to iterate on that, I, um, me and my daughter, we recently went out on the streets and we did a documentary. Uh, and it was called um, the homeless coronavirus outreach. And then again, I explained the three classes of homelessness. But what it was also doing, it was showing, um, you know, it was illustrating a nonprofit organization that I'm trying to start, which is each one teach one Fantastic. infrastructure. Now that is the partnership with organizations to provide an upper class homeless with a job with a tech company, and um, which will influence, you know, the middle and the lower class homeless to want to follow in their footsteps. And our goal is to make sure that each and every American citizen is to be considered as living, you know, within the mainstream of society. So to answer your question, the nonprofit organization that I have right now, it is, um, you know, what I want to do is I want to be able to connect also with nonprofit organizations to be able to teach them to be able to write other types of grants instead of just having, you know, people just coming into your shelters. Because what I want to do is end homelessness. So if homelessness ends, these nonprofit organizations, they're going to be just left right. out. And so what I want to do is, is, is be able to take the homeless people, let them learn how to write grants, let them go into um, the nonprofit organizations and show them how to reiterate their grants. Because once you place all these people into these homes, First, I want to say you just can't no. throw people in homes. So once you put them in homes and stuff like that, they're going to need all types yeah. of services, Seth. They're going to need, like, uh, drug rehabilitation. They're going to need mental health. They're going to need people to show them how to keep their right. apartment clean. So things of that nature. So to answer your question, I, I do want to end homelessness. But what I want to do to talk to the mayor and things of that nature is to talk to these nonprofit organizations and let these people out of these shelters and put yes, them up sir. in homes, change your grants, and, and, and and, and do I'm something with you else on that, man. Get vans where you can. I'm with you on that, and I and I didn't mean to cut you off. That's it, my man. Uh, protein, your 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 uh, your you know connection to these people. Tell us a little bit about to the average listener uh, to get a, a good feel. You were out in the streets. When did that end? And how did you become a filmmaker? Like in terms of who gave you the equipment? Did you know? Did you like happen by it to find a camera? How did that all come about too? 
Yo, so uh, how I did that was because oh, you asked me that question. Yeah, again. no problem. No problem. I realize. I realize. Also, right now you're in the throes of helping people out out down there in Skid Row. Yes. Protein. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I, I I for a split second we got cut off. So the question was, you were out in out in the street. And then suddenly, did you were you able? How did you afford a camera? Because you were living out in the street, you had a vision of of uh, getting all this capture, which is fantastic, truly amazing. Um, how did who gave you the camera? How did you come upon the camera, or how did that happen? Okay, when I was on Skid Row, I was on um, I was receiving social services, and so in the state of California, they gave homeless individuals two hundred and twenty one dollars. So I took my whole Went up on Broadway, just a camera. At that time, they were high. And yeah, so they're, they're they're just like regular people. I mean, you know, they just want to be right. accepted. And and the majority of the people who are walking around, like I'm saying, they don't really understand what they need. So that's where um, I come in at. So what I think they need is each and every individual is unique in their own different way. So, you know, somebody that's exactly. on drugs or somebody that's got a mental problem, you know, you wouldn't send them to the same place. And then again, you might send them to the same place, but not at the same time. So each and every individual needs, um, you know, different type of treatment. So like I said, again, like drug and alcohol, um, abuse clinics, um, you know, mental health, that's the biggest two right. things is mental health and, drugs and things out here and then a lot of people are just out here being lonely and then with the coronavirus being out here the majority of the people out here on the streets have just been kicked to the wayside and so the only people that they have out here are um you know people at the homeless shelters and case workers and things of that nature but i just want to say something to all your listeners that are listening out there the majority of the people that are listening right now you have an uncle an aunt a mother or a father who you haven't seen in a long time and you haven't been concerned about where they are. You don't know if they're dead or alive. Nine times out of 10, they're somewhere in that same city where the last place you've seen them at and just walking around because they're too embarrassed and you've you've been putting them out of your house so many times that they don't even want to be seen by you. And so what I'm asking the people that are listening right now, somebody that you know that is, is probably homeless you haven't seen in a while, please, after you listen to this episode, Go get in your car, drive downtown and go to a shelter and, and take some pictures and try to find your uncle. Try to find your aunt. Because you know what I find out so many times, Seth, is that you, yeah. you look on the news and you see you see like a homeless person that gets killed and then out on the streets. And then you see their mothers, their fathers, their uncles, their aunts. Right. They're all coming out saying, oh, oh, so-and-so got killed. But where were you at when they were getting killed? How come they couldn't come to your house? How come they had question. to take them yeah. killed? Yeah, so I'm asking all your listeners, after they listen to this, go jump in your car and go find your loved ones and stop treating them the way that you wouldn't want to be treated. Right. And 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 more more uh more so to that to that point. I think I think people people need to be more aware, right? Because there's many a times that you go around the folks like if there's some kind of disease and 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 rather than just acknowledging them, sometimes they just need acknowledgement. Hi. How are you? That sort of thing. Yeah. And um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is what are their needs um, in terms of 
each 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 person is an individual, correct? So therefore, everyone's different depending on what their ailment may be. I mean, some people are just out and, and out. They don't have they're down and out. They don't have a place to go. Simplicity at its finest. Others have mental health issues, right? So everyone has different needs, correct? Yeah, that is correct. It's not so a one size fits all sort of idea that we have sometimes like stereotypes. Right. It's no, it's no one size that fits all. So what you have to do is you have to evaluate each and every person separately right. and find out how did you get here? How did you end up homelessness? Do you, number one, I would ask them, do you want to even, um, do you want a house? Do you want to um, not live on the right. streets? Because you, you might have a percentage of people that are, you know, like that are fine living out on the streets. And then even with them, you still have to find some type of place. Okay. Well, can I put you in a shelter? Is there any way that I could put you exactly. in a place where, you know, where you're sleeping in a dorm, where you're not sleeping outside, where you're at least somewhere safe. Because a lot of shelters, right. nowadays, they don't even put people inside. What they do is take them and put them outside, um, you know, like in a, in a corridor or something like that. And they just sleep outside. But at least they are safe from the outside elements and from the people that are, you know, that are walking around all night doing crazy things. Take, take us, you know, the listeners, the, the common Joe doesn't know how this works. Take us through a night you know, out in the town when everyone's asleep and, and all these people are out there. I mean, these, these places are dangerous, surely. There's people, you know, doing drugs. There's people, you know, trying to hurt each other for food or, or for no apparent reason. What does that look like? Is it pretty scary, I imagine? Well, well right where I'm standing at right now, I'm downtown uh, on Skid Row, like in the heart of it. And it's pretty cool, like right now during the daytime, but when the sun goes down, uh, they had a song that was called The Freaks Come Out at Night. And yeah. you got a lot of crystal. The, the crack cocaine epidemic is kind of like over. So now the crystal meth thing is, has taken over. And so you got people that staying high for three and four and five days, not even knowing who they are. And yeah, they're out here robbing each other and taking from each other. But the main thing is they're not um, they're not wearing masks and they're not even, you right. know, six apart from each other. But let me say this about homeless. I know I've been saying a lot of bad things about them, but the homeless people are some of the most hardcore survivors in the world because their immune system are, are, are so developed that, um, you know, that like with the coronavirus, a lot, a lot of homeless people didn't get it because of their immune systems and not just with their immune system. They're just survivors as far as getting that dollar and getting that meal. And, you know, they don't, yeah. they don't necessarily chasing a brand new car and a home and stuff like that, but they're, they're the most hardcore survivors in the world. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I, I will agree with you on that. Um, you know, I met several uh, people out there and I had conversations with with some of them and some are re rehabilitating, you know, some are going through uh, the Fred Jordan mission, different missions, you know, the midnight mission. And and I mean, it's great. And I can hardly wait to start uh, watching these um, documentaries. I want to ask you, though, Protein, um, how how did you make it out of the out of, out of Skid Row? Like, you know what I mean? Like, when does homelessness end for you? Or how did that work? And so my homelessness ended like um, approximately four years ago. I ended up, uh, you know, finally getting my apartment. But a lot of the times that I was out here on the streets, I wasn't really trying to get a place because a lot of the cities that I was traveling to, I was accomplishing so much like doing films and being a homeless advocate that I didn't really understand that, um, you know, I was homeless. And I, I just want to let you know this too, as far as uh, you and your listeners, 
homelessness is anyone whose name is not on the list. So if you have someone that's 18 years or older that's living with you, whether it's a girlfriend, boyfriend, a next door neighbor, whatever, if their name is not on the list, they're homeless. And a lot of people don't understand that. That's right. That's essentially the case. You're absolutely right about that. And times are getting tougher. Um, I mean, what do you see with this whole COVID, where it's going? I mean, it's headed like, it just seems like it's surging. You know, we're like, what, uh, the beginning of uh, October. And it seems like it's like the numbers are, there's an uptick uh, throughout, you know, you know, United States. I mean, period. You know what I mean? Like even the, the world, really. I mean, you're looking at Europe and and they're they're hunkering down. So, I mean, there may be more people displaced, you know, in terms of homes and women. Yeah, I, I estimate it's going to be a, at least another 15 to 20 percent of uh, more homeless people out on the streets. But here's the thing. Um, the people that are coming out on the streets that are new are going to be they're going to be green to the street. So you got all these people that are walking around that know where the soup lines are to know where to go get clothes and know right. where to get the showers at. And here these these new people start coming. Uh, they're going to be green. The ones that used to drive. Those are the wow. people that um, are going to find it hard to be able to adapt. I remember when, the, when my grandmother was telling me about the Great Depression, like how a lot of people were jumping off the bridge because they couldn't, you know, adapt to not having money. And I believe that's sure. going to be happening again. People are not going to be able to adapt to not having money. And they're not going to want to be around so all those homeless people. So they would rather die. So is there is it fair to say that your organization will probably help and give them orientation until they find a safe haven? Yes, and that's what I would, that's what each one teach one. It um it's gonna be they are gonna be homeless outreach public safety workers. So what they're gonna do is not just help people that are homeless, but we're gonna be doing like a prevention. So going to people before they lose their homes and trying to you know, hook up with organizations to try to keep the people inside of their homes before they get out on the streets. Because once they get out on the streets, it's harder to get them back into a place. Right. Um, let me ask you this, because uh, I know we're, we're almost out of time, by the way, and I hate to do this, but I know I can have you hopefully uh, for part two. Would that be a possibility? Man, Are this interview was this interview was so great, man. I'm up for part two, three, four, five, six, or how many ever interviews you want to do with me, man. This was like the most exciting time I've ever had on a podcast. That's my man. I really appreciate you, Protein. Uh, once again, Eric, Protein Mostly, here with Juicy Divas. Confessions on the limo driver. And yours truly, Seth Goldstein. Super excited to have him on. Um, filmmaker ex-homeless person suffered uh, firsthand. Let me ask you this. Speaking of suffering firsthand, you have Mike McGinn. This guy's a mayor of Washington, yes? And you have a challenge for him? Is that what's happening? Tell us a little bit more about this. Um, well, well, that was actually old news. When I was homeless up in Seattle, uh, Mayor Mike McGinn, he was the mayor at that time. And I did get a couple of newspaper articles that he did read, and I did um, – Get his attention, but he never did take the challenge. Now, get this. Seattle was like one of the cleanest places to be on the streets, and he still didn't even want to do it. So I know he wouldn't have been able to do it if he was down here on Skid Row. So he wouldn't have survived, right? (laughs) Now, he wouldn't have survived, but that was was some years ago. If you can't be homeless on the streets of Seattle where it's real clean, then you shouldn't even drive down one of these streets in here in Los Angeles. Yeah. You're absolutely right about that. Um, you know, where can we find you? And if someone wants to donate to your cause, I mean, do you have uh, some kind of um, uh, uh, email or anything, you know, social handles? This is the time, my man. 
Okay, so listen, my email address is my ebook. That's M Y E B O O K one two zero at outlook.com. And right now I'm glad you asked that question too, because I'm also looking for a fiscal sponsor to uh, sponsor each one teach one infrastructure. So I'm asking some of your listeners to jump on board and to find out more about me. You can also Google search Eric protein Mosley or Eric protein Mosley, the homeless coronavirus outreach. And, and are your, are your, um, uh, you know, your documentaries, where can you find it? Can our listeners, you know, tune in? I mean, are these on, on I was going to ask you also, because I too wanted to get a hold. I don't know. Are these on, on, on any just regular platforms, YouTube, or do you have to just download it or how does that work? Okay. So for the, the homeless coronavirus outreach, you can go to Eric Mosley on YouTube and type in that um, homeless coronavirus outreach for the documentary down, but not out. You can uh, go to Google and type in, down but not out ETV, Eric Protein Mosey, or just down but not out ETV, and you'll find it there. Fantastic. Well, it's been great. It's been nice. It's time for us to go now. Our time is up. Eric's been nothing but the best, and I wish you nothing but the best um, in all your endeavors. Uh, keep me posted. Uh, you and I will be pen pals uh, most definitely once again, and keep listening, listeners. Once again, this is Juicy Divas, Confessions of a Limo Driver. Yours truly, Seth Goldstein. Listen for another juicy episode tomorrow. Thanks a lot, Eric, for coming on. Thank you. Wish nothing but the best. God bless. Thank you. Thanks for having me.